0: You ever uh, engage in any sadomasochistic activity? Exactly what did you have in mind, Mr. Corelli?
1: Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today. Or a best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I am Greg. Did you have a beatbox? Uh, I've attempted. Um, uh, now I'm not very good. You're I, better than me. I used to
2: think I was a good beatboxer. You're
1: better than me. We've done this at karaoke. Yeah. Yeah, I suck.
2: It's not really uh, oh. in vogue now, is
1: it? Yeah, it's not a good move. <laughs> Unless you're going to be phenomenal. Yeah, you'd have to it's be like, oh, really it's pretty cringe.
2: exceptional. Now it's just a cringe, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Uh, what are we doing today, Greg?
2: Basic instinct. Erotic. Ooh. It's an erotic thriller.
1: It's a, it's a neo-noir. Neo-noir. <laughs> neo-noir erotic thriller. It's so erotic. You know how you know? Because Michael Douglas is in it. it really-
2: <laughs> what is it about Michael Douglas's face? He's so gross. It always looks like he's either just jizzed or he's about he's to jizz. He's
1: so gross. And usually those are very different faces. Yeah, not most humans. He has no pegs. He's just, you know, pegs.
2: Except for him falling down.
1: No pegs. What are pegs? Post ejaculation guilt syndrome. (laughs) Like most people would get a little, they'd back down after they've orgasmed. Whereas he's more like, "Mm." that's what he sounds like too. His voice is all gross. I don't like him, Ant-Man.
2: So yeah, Michael Douglas um, is in this movie. 1992. Mm. Um, Quite a year. Yeah, some things went down. Barcelona Olympics.
1: Ah, yeah, Barcelona.
2: Uh, End of the Cold War, officially, I believe. Ah. Um, So that got me thinking. Yeah. Uh, The Cold War actually played quite a big role in cinema history. It did. James Bond. James Bond, uh, which I'm going to talk to. Zangief in Street Fighter, I I think. I wasn't that good at Street Fighter. Me neither. I thought I was, but... The honest truth is I wasn't. No, I sucked. I tried to get Bruce in front of, well, Bruce wanted to play PlayStation today. I was actually, I found a CD, a blank CD. Ooh. And I'll put it in my PlayStation because I wanted to see what was on it. Yes. I went treasure digging today, Tristan, I should Oh, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to mum and dad's to try and find uh, some old art diaries from yeah. high school. And found some stuff in there. You found some treasure. I found some treasure. Can I just say right now, I am sporting a town and country band. Yeah, we'll get some of this up on the Instagram because there's some pretty old school, interesting stuff.
1: Those were important.
2: These are great. I like it still.
1: Yeah, it's fucking cool. It's come back around. I'm sure.
2: Sure, it has. Took me a long longer to get it on today than I
1: remember. <laughs> uh, where was I? What
2: was I talking about? Finding something.
1: Ninety two, Cold 92. War.
2: Oh, yeah. 92, Cold War. So did the end of the Cold War mean the end of Russia being the bad guys in American cinema?
1: Almost. Well, let's think about that.
2: So there's actually still been quite a lot of Cold War films since then. Right. Bridge of Spies a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, that's not even that old.
2: Tinker Tailor remake. Yeah. Spy Game, he's not that old. That was a rather Russian, you know, the Yeah. Young and old Robert Redford.
1: Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Manchurian Candidate.
1: Anything with Robert Redford, actually. Robert maybe. Redford. Yeah, he's, he's great for that. Yeah.
2: Um so I thought I'd just quickly touch on uh Bond villainism. Yeah. In the new era bonds. Yeah. So Goldeneye, that was they were like he was like Cossacks or something, so there was still some yeah, Russians right. there. Tomorrow Never Dies. I think they were Chinese bad guys. That was definitely. Korean. Some, nah, that was um, Die Another Day. Ah. then the, So Tomorrow Never Dies was, I think there was some Chinese action there. Yeah, okay. World Is Not Enough. I think Rupert Murdoch was the bad guy in that.
1: Yeah, it was something to do with media. Yeah. Uh, like some rich was, white guy. Yeah, yeah, but then I think that he was ex-KGB or something. Yeah.
2: Die Another Day, as you said. Yeah. Korea, North Korea. Casino Royale. I think he was like a business terrorist. He wanted to like. Effect markets or something? Business terrorist? I'm sure there's a more articulate word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quantum of Solis was some sort of Bolivian thing. Skyfall was the XMI6. Javier Bardem. Spectre, bad guy, was some guy. Yeah. What's his name? Shoshana. Yeah. Him. And then No Time to Die. He's coming out next year. I don't know who's in that. It's you know, your Freddie guy. Freddie Mercury.
1: It's your guy. Directing it.
2: Oh, <laughs> Terry Kakadoshi. <Kagudalchi.
1: laughs> Whatever his name is, we never get it right. Terry Tagagwa? Tagagwa? Tagawa? He's I, a dreamboat.
2: He's like an Asian Clark I
1: hope Clark. it's going to be good, man. We'll never know. I mean, we will never know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Whoa. Okay, never Teddy. is a strong word. I'll never say never again. So,
2: um boiling it down, if you're out there and you want to write a movie and you're worried, oh, no, I had this movie idea for Russia and it's off – Cobos ended. They they still sell. Yeah, they, they still put sell into it.
1: Yeah. Bond
2: well, Bond's pulled away from it though.
1: Yeah, Bond has has pulled away from it. I mean alternatively, in nineteen ninety two, you can always just demonize the lesbians. Ah <laughs> and here we have it, basic instinct.
2: Nice segue.
1: Now it was actually a very good year for movies, nineteen ninety two. It was, wasn't it? It was. We had Aladdin. We had The Bodyguard. We had Home Alone oh, 2, Lost Aladdin. in New York. Aladdin. 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 Aladdin.
2: Which was on my TV as I left. Ah. Aladdin. Bruce was scared. Why? Uh, I don't Do know. I come from Aladdin. It's foreign. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh, one of the, scared of monkeys.
1: <laughs> Lethal Weapon was in there. Batman Returns was in there. A Few Good Men. Sister Act. Dracula. Wayne's World. But yeah, number four, Basic Instinct. Number uh, four. Number four. And so actually, disclaimer, I realized previously when we've done 1992 movies, I'd been using the US domestic box office, which didn't have Basic Instinct in there. So it made up a lot of numbers in the global scene. Euro director, you know, that kind of shit. So I think- Is Mr.
2: Verhoeven, is he Dutch or something? He's from Holland. He's oh, his name's suggested, actually. So this, is sure. so
1: this is so weird. I've been listening Shout to this. Shout out to these. our Dutch listener. <laughs> well, I want to apologize to our Dutch listener in advance for any Verhoeven impressions I do. Well,
2: oh, for sure, actually. I think my Dutch is not
1: bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. But you know, like Goldmember, Austin Powers Goldmember, yeah. I'm like, that's like that character sucks. That accent's not even good. Then I listened to Paul Verhoeven interviews- and it is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love the Dutch people. Oh my they're, God. Of my, they're amongst Same. my favorite. Uh, they're kind of quirky.
1: They're very they're, liberal they're and like quirky. open-minded and like, yeah. uh, and you will get into that in some of the, the stuff of this movie, but uh, it's just a vagina. Everyone's just seen a vagina before we see things. Uh, she she, 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 she want to smoke in a pancake. You know, it's very, uh, none of these things matter to Verhoeven, but is that enough for them not to matter to other people? One of the topics I want to talk about as we get into mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. How, how? I mean, I feel like this is um, uh, out of all the movies that we've done, this next question, this is, is the most erotic. Is very <laughs> exactly, and so therefore, the next question of what was this <laughs> was this movie a big deal for you growing up <laughs> is quite loaded. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, like it. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal when it came out. It was a
1: huge deal. Yeah. Well, maybe not when it first came out, but when when it was on TV and stuff when I was in high school.
2: So I, I my my do you know what my memory of this movie was? I so I was 10. Yeah. ish, Tennis. That's um <laughs> if you're unclear that is Sean Connery's favorite sport. Tennis. <laughs> I was 10ish yeah. and um, I I distinctly remember my brother running out of his bedroom. He had a bunch of mates in there, so he was <laughs> just under five years. He would have been 15. Which right. I think most 15-year-olds these days are sexually active, so it's probably a different era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he ran out of his room and was like, Mom, you can see a whole vag. <laughs> he said vag. I can't remember. Vulva. He didn't say vulva. <laughs> um.
1: He said it says Volva on Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 the iconic scene where. oh, it well, does Volvo. <laughs> his Volva. I was like, okay. Uh,
2: so, yeah, so that was, it was, yeah, that was the first memory. What about you?
1: I had a, a similar thing, not my brother so much, but more, well, not a similar thing. I had it, for me, it came into significance <laughs> in the high school years. And I, it takes me back to the schoolyard, lunchtime. And it's like, everyone's like, Telling everyone that it's it's on this week. It's gonna be on on like Thursday on channel nine or whatever. And it's like, oh fuck. And this is like back to the old you got pause, that old TV with it. the um <laughs> no, the switches pause and the <laughs> it. Pause it. and so I definitely saw this but I would say I, I don't know that I paid much attention to anything between the sex scenes. Yeah. But yeah. there was there was a bunch of these movies. There's a movie in there somewhere. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a bunch of these. Do you remember the other movies, the schoolyard movies, where it's like – because also, before Bob, Internet, guys, Bob this Boyle. is this is all we got. But Bob Weiss, she was just hot. There was Good Cop, Bad Cop. Good Cop, Bad Cop. Yeah, that was Pamela Anderson. What I'm saying here is any movie that had boobs in it when we were in high school, it was like locked in the calendar so what, in the schoolyard. What else was there? What were the <laughs> – So um, Color of Night. Yeah. With my boy Bruce. Yeah, that was a weird movie. I'm pretty sure that's terrible. I would say this is maybe the best of these movies I'm about to list. Wild Things, that was much later. That was a bit though. later, yeah. yeah. That did come to mind, um, Disclosure, but I remember that being really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, because there's actually one, not that much to it. There's one sex scene. And I'm pretty sure maybe people were making these decisions based on whether or not Michael Douglas is in these movies. It must be sexual. Um, falling Down. Falling Down. Erotic Ghost Story. Do you remember that one? No. That was huge in my schoolyard. That was on um, SBS. It was on like once a year on SBS, and it's it's like a Chinese movie where there's these three Chinese witches, and they just have lots of sex.
2: <laughs> no idea what it's about. I don't remember that.
1: No, that was yeah, that was a big one. Um, I was I was gonna put the trailer in here, but it's not in English, so that means nothing to ninety nine percent of our listeners. But, yeah, so this was like a common thing. This was in that ballpark of film, which was any substance to the film was immediately stripped away and it was, you know, reduced to a collection of sex scenes, which is pretty unfair. Um, but it was a big deal. As a teenager, this was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I just
2: want you to list more of these movies. I feel like there's more in there's there. There's
1: definitely more. These are the only ones I could think of. Yeah. Because uh. I'd forgotten until you said the Pamela Anderson thing. I forgot about Good Cop, Bad Cop. That oh, was that was big. But then, yeah, I did watch it a few years ago when I realized it was Paul Verhoeven, and I was going through a Paul Verhoeven thing. But then, when I rewatched it recently, like for this, I still didn't remember most of it. I I didn't remember.
2: I I didn't. I only worked out who he he was sort of in recent years. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, yeah, I'm gonna get into this in part when we talk about the movie. But I think he might be one of my favorites when you go through the movies. Like, fuck, quite a list, isn't it? Yeah, and it's one of those guys that you just like. I don't know how to articulate why I like him so much, but it's just something, something, yeah,
2: aesthetically that is for, I like. it just
1: works, yeah. And there's more intelligent ways to articulate that, but uh, it's just he's just the right vibe. It's it's just exactly what I want to watch <laughs> all the time.
2: Yeah. When are we doing *Turtle Recall*?
1: That the the whole time doing this, I just like, wanted to watch Total Recall*. Like I wanted to watch *Turtle Recall*. I wanted to watch. Um, Robocop, I wanted to watch uh, yeah. Starship Troopers. <laughs> I mean, I still enjoyed this, but oh man, yeah, Fucking great, yeah. Um, should I get into the origin story?
2: Yes, and I would say I've actively avoided origin stories, so I mean, this is going to be
1: interesting. Oh, well, don't get your hopes up.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> origin story,
1: so Paul. Verhoeven he's he's from Holland wow. wow wow he's he's dutch he's made a bunch of movies in europe initially in the 70s and 80s one called turkish delight which got him an academy award nomination for uh, the best foreign film the the big 3 that come out a lot yeah turkish delight Katie tipple soldier of orange and all of these starred rutger hauer rutger hauer oh yeah yeah, yeah um, the replicant Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a bunch of others. But eventually, uh, I think in the late 80s or mid-80s, somewhere Uh in the 80s, uh, he decided to move to the US. Ah, America. America. So he made his first US movie. It's called Flesh and Blood, again with Rutger Hauer. And I don't know much about the movie, I don't know much about Flesh and Blood. Flesh and and Blood. blood. I have Mm. no idea if that was well-received or not, but the the big move came next, the big one-two punch of Robocop and Total Recall. These were pretty massive, pretty fucking massive. Big time. And so Basic Instinct would immediately follow that and round out what Verhoeven calls his psychosis trilogy. Oh. Yeah, so there's some interesting common thread, I guess, throughout these three movies around psychosis. And I guess you can kind of see that. Um, and the themes of this movie kind of link back to, the, to some of his earlier work that I mentioned before, like Turkish Delight, apparently, which I have not seen, but apparently a lot of the common themes are kind of there. However, uh-huh. he did not write this movie. It was written by Joe,
3: I don't know how to say his last have name. Have a crack.
1: Joe Ersterhas. He's a, yeah, he's a bit of a lad. He is, yeah, as I dug more into him, I was like, oh, first I was like, wow. Then I was like, oh, he sounded like a bit of a douche.
2: He, I actually read an article written by him way back and it was in The Good Weekend. Because he's a writer. So it was an interview, it wasn't an article, sorry. Oh, yeah. He was interviewed in uh, The Good Weekend, which for our uh, non-Aussie listeners, that is our our weekend lift out of our- that still exists, Of course. It's a nim. Yeah, it's a newspaper inserted magazine. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, yes, this was a long time ago, I read this article and I remember reading it going, well, this guy's the right because I didn't like yeah. grasp the concept this the writer could be the rocks because he'd be a rock star. Yeah. Like
1: That's the thing. Yeah, he seems like he had relations
2: with Sharon Stone. Well, He'll probably touch on. Yeah. Amongst, I'm sure others.
1: But he was one of the highest paid um writers. Yeah. But it's interesting because a lot of um when we do these origin stories and things, the writers don't get a lot of credit unless it's someone super well known. He seems to be like a writer's writer who's like, he talks about it in various points around the writer should be on the same level as the director and it's like writers are important, yada, yada, yada. I mean, just quietly, he made three million bucks selling this script. So he's rolling in it. Uh, But he also made, he also wrote Flashdance, Jagged Edge, Showgirls with Verhoeven again.
2: I found a video in my dad's room when I was young. It was called Flesh Dance.
1: <laughs> that might have been a spin-off of some
2: sort. I think it must have yeah, must have been a spin-off.
1: <laughs> well, so this guy was also a writer. He was um, editor at Rolling Stone for a while. Yeah, that's uh, significant. Yeah. And That'd be
2: pretty that would have been pretty cool. That would have very 70s.
1: fucking cool, man. Oh,
2: yeah. Was it
1: seventies or eighties? Uh, I don't know. Either. Yeah. Either would be, <laughs> and he would be good, yeah. It would be cool. He also wrote a book called... um, "Well, slow down, Egghead. (laughs) Called Heaven and Mel. Ah, about Mel. About Mel Gibson. Oh. Yeah, and about what a fucking nut job he is, basically. I mean, I don't know the details, but apparently there was lots of stuff in there about all his anti-Semitism and all that kind of stuff and general fucked upness. But apparently he was staying with Mel in his, like, Costa Rica villa or whatever and was so scared that he slept with a golf club. Scared of Mel? Yeah. Because he was being fucking weird apparently. Like so he
2: was being like Martin Riggs? Maybe.
1: I think we should do that
2: soon. I think we should do it soon too. Yeah. Yeah. We can do some recording in the holidays. Mm, the holidays. Holidays. Yeah. So he's written this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, so these characters in this movie came from real life because he was a police reporter for a while. And so the two main uh-huh. characters were, were based on people he actually met. So Michael Douglas, I guess, was based on a creepy cop. cop. A jizz face. A a greasy jizz face cop. Um, hairless. There's more to it, but it's pretty much what we expect. Like he's basically that cop. He's too into it. He's a little too close to the flame, that kind of guy. Uh, But Catherine Trammell was based on this chick he picked up one night, a go-go dancer, took her back to his hotel room, and after they uh, fornicated... Uh She reached into her purse, pulled out a gun, pointed it at him. She said, give me one reason why I shouldn't pull the trigger. And he's like, I didn't do anything to hurt you. You came here uh, and you enjoyed it. You wanted to come here, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, but this is all guys ever, ever ever wanted from me. I'm tired of it. And then they had a long chat and she finally put away the gun. But like a really weird experience. That I guess kind of triggered a thought in his brain of like, who is this person? Like, what is that all about? Is there like, there, what about this person that it kind of evolved oh. into becoming?
2: So his Catherine inspiration. Trinnell. See that does that kind of negate any sort of female empowerment that you might try and get out of this character? If it's a, I, hey, I'm supposed to a crazy bitch, I banged on a one night stand and pulled a gun on me. I
1: would say it's a dotted line. That was maybe where the spark came from. I don't think it's literally based on that that yeah. single person. Because I do think the character is strong. I agree, Greg. I think that's yes. not bad. Especially like most movies we do, we have to like – it's always a bit of an internal struggle to like, like the movie because the women are portrayed so weak and, except, <laughs> and insignificant. Except for Dottie. Yeah, except for Dottie and Laurie Petty in anything. She's yeah. always gangster. But, yeah, so uh, that does make it feel like less significant than perhaps it should be. But – I would say that's the spark. It's the spark. Yeah. But or, then or the core. The core. Hopefully not the core. Hopefully Maybe. not the core. <laughs> but he wrote this in 13 days and a bidding war ensued. That's pretty good
2: money for 13 days' work.
1: Yeah, man. He stayed involved though, but I don't know, do you get paid on going at that point or like? I'm unclear. Yeah, who knows? Not bad. Not bad. So a studio called Curricula. Oh, Carol Co. Carol Co. Bought it for three million dollars. So pretty, pretty bloody good. Wow. Oh yeah. So I didn't know much about Calico. I've seen this. Thing. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I've seen the thing. I didn't know much about them, but they Rambo, Terminator Two, Total Recall, strong pedigree. Oh, yeah. We're talking here. Um, yeah, three million dollars. Michael Douglas came in pretty soon after, so he was in before Verhoeven it's gone. was in.
2: It's gone now.
1: What else? Yeah, oh, I'm gonna get into that. Oh, you are? Yeah. I'll.
2: Bite my tongue.
1: (laughs) There's an interesting little coulda, woulda, shoulda in there. That's delightful. Like actually painful that this didn't happen, but I'll get into that. Stay tuned, listeners. Oh, suspense. (laughs) So Verhoeven's not even in yet, but Michael Douglas is in. You know why he's in. (laughs) It's like, wait, (laughs) four weeks of shooting sex scenes? There's a script out there. (laughs) Anyway, he's in. Lo and behold, Michael Douglas – where they're talking about casting um, uh, the female lead, uh, Michael Douglas has some suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you down. Yeah, yeah. He's like Kim Basinger, Basinger. Um, Bassinger. Am I saying that right? Um, declined. Julie Roberts declined. Meg Ryan declined. Michelle Pfeiffer, Ginny Davis, Kathleen Tyner, Ellen Barkin. Mariel Hemingway declined, 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 declined. So 13 actresses, there's more than, I don't know how many I just said, but apparently 13 actresses declined because this shit was going to be so um, graphic.
2: This is not a film role for an established
1: actor, is it? Well,
2: yeah, it's It's interesting. it's It's a dice roll. Yeah, because yeah. also,
1: who knows how this thing's going to turn out? These right. kinds of movies, sex, uh, or oh, no, no, not sex, erotic thrillers, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a roll of the dice, isn't it? Yeah. but Because Verhoeven was was pure of heart in his interpretation of the script. He's like, we're going to shoot all of some written.
4: I want to shoot what's on the page. There is no negotiations about nudity. It will be exactly, basically, what's there. You will be nude for three, four pages, no blankets, no this, no protection, no nothingness. Of course, the choices became limited. And then the process of the looking didn't lead too much, really, because all the people that I asked to accept my conditions, of course, backed off because they didn't feel comfortable.
1: So all these uh, famous actresses decline quite... He, he is holding firm, so to speak, on... <laughs> I don't think we should. I don't think we should. It came out. I didn't, it's unintentional. Uh, <laughs> on his his pure vision for this. This is sexual. This I've is, always wanted to bang Meg Ryan. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah. That's Michael Douglas's. He's working through his fucking wish list. Anyway. Um, he's worked. Uh, Verhoeven's worked with Sharon Stone on Total Recall, of course. At this point, she comes in, she auditions, and he's like, "She's great. She is her. This is it." Ah. <laughs> and Michael <laughs> Douglas is like not interested. And months go by, three or four months, and he's like, "Fine, I'll scream." Fine, I'll screen test with no, I don't. Know. I can't do his voice. It's a bit higher <laughs> pitch. It's like high and deep at the same time. Yes, it's got the croak <laughs> of a deep voice, but it's high pitch. Yeah, it's weird. Eh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Happy listening, people. <laughs> Get that in your ear holes. Um, he finally agrees to a screen test, and he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." <laughs> he's probably be like this. <laughs> he's so gross. He's so fucking gross, man. <laughs> he's so fucking gross.
2: <laughs> Are you saying he's not a friend of the show? Ah, uh, he is.
1: Well, um, I yeah, I, he's, I he's, got, I balance it out later, but he is he's gross, especially in this movie. Yeah, he is. But in this movie, and maybe it's just a great actor, and in this movie is so gross, It's so fucking gross. He's a buddy, you know. um, so, <laughs> top so, gun actor, <laughs> Verhoeven w- really wanted. He had like this vision for these sex scenes, so he storyboarded all of them so he could get them all approved and still, you know, not get X rated or whatever um, by the studio. And so his condition was to all the actors, like you must, you must commit to these scenes as I've written them. You you do whatever I say. <laughs> 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 um, and <laughs> and I so I can't not picture.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Austin Powers. And m- I know m- I'm m- not dimes. doing a
1: great impression of Verhoeven, but you got to admit it ain't far off gold member. So give me a break. Um, so they ended up shooting the sex scenes last. Um, wow. Which I think was perhaps a good idea, so that everyone can get to know each other better. But it means that then at the end there's like four weeks solid of shooting just sex scenes. So Michael Douglas is like. Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Michael, Douglas. Michael Douglas is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call in sick for the next few weeks. That's
1: pretty good. So this is where I landed. The best way I can articulate I mean. the Michael Douglas thing is like that mindset that we described in the schoolyard of like, I'm going to watch this movie because, you know, there's boobs in it. And you think to yourself, how lucky are actors that they get to have these sex scenes? You know, as as a little yeah. the hormone ball of home, hormones, teenager, you think that, but then you kind of grow out of it. Nope. Michael Douglas did not grow out of it, <laughs> and he, he is that guy grown up, and it, he became an actor for the sex scenes. I I believe that. I believe that.
4: <laughs> but I had a kind I'm of not saying he's not
1: good. I'm not saying he's not good, but he there's something in his eyes, man. <laughs>
2: I just don't know that it's that appealing to do a sex scene. I know? agree.
1: I agree. Yeah, especially when you hear some of this shit. So if you're a famous actor anyway That main right. sex scene took four there was four days of shooting. And they have to it's it's all very, very much choreographed. And do you get a boner? How does it work? With I the, don't know. So I one of my old roommates in New York was I mean I'm assuming you were had said he had to do a sex scene once and he said it's fucking awkward as fuck. It's
2: it's weird. Like you can't go all in. Well, you meant to go? Un-
1: and then, yeah, is it is it a faux pas to get a boner, or is it if you like? What do you? I don't know is what's it
2: right. Faux pas not to get, a yeah, bono? exactly.
1: I would think. Apparently, because also this was in the the height of the AIDS crisis, so apparently they had to wear like oh. loin blocking things. But I don't know if that's true because I saw loins unblocked. Anyway, they shot this movie. The shoot was disrupted by quite a lot of, of protests by the LGBT community, which is a big topic, so we'll save that for later. But it was part of the, the process. Eventually, it got made. Uh, it all happened. S- Schoolyards around the country cheered and applause. But let's play the trailer and get into our initial impressions.
0: So, we got
3: 31 stab wounds. Or was it Icepick? I'd like to speak to Miss Catherine Trammell, please. Is she a suspect? she's a writer she published a novel it's about a retired rock and roll star who gets murdered by his girlfriend you know how she does the boyfriend with an ice pick
0: she intended the book to be her alibi
3: you didn't feel anything for him you just had sex with him for your book
0: in the beginning he gave me a lot of pleasure
3: you like playing games games are fun what's your new book about
0: a detective he falls for the wrong woman what happens she kills him how's it feel to kill someone tell me you're in over your head she seduces people she manipulates people she's evil freeze I have nothing too high
4: you playing a game here (laughs) games
0: are over
1: Basic instinct. Ooh. And I mean, it's not one of those trailers with the voiceover that explains everything. So this summer, there may be some gaps for our listeners. Greg.
2: Yeah. Um. So for the purpose of this synopsis, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna no. like um talk about it like uh like a schoolgirl talking about <laughs> <Okay>. this girl. <laughs> so there's this guy. Mm-hmm. Um. His name's, like, Nick or whatever. Yeah. And he's, like, like a detective or something.
0: Yeah. And so then there's this glass. girl.
2: He's oh, it's, it's so greasy. So he's this, this like, chick, and she's, she's a bit of a slut. Like, she is. <laughs> she and is. She's, like, killing people. And then, like, he's investigating her or whatever. But then, <laughs> like, there's so much tension. And then they, tension. like, do it, and it's pretty hot.
1: Is it, though? It was less hot than I remember And then
2: she like Gets arrested Or something And then like All these guys are like Looking at her Her mutt Her, <laughs> her And then
1: like That's a horrible word
2: And then she kills Some more people And has then they have Some more sex And then like There's a car chase And then I think That's it Pretty much <laughs> But like
1: It is one of those ones There's a
2: nightclub as well And they yeah. like I think they're doing coke Or whatever
1: Got any coke? A Pepsi, it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, good (laughs) coke gag. Yeah.
2: So that's kind of the synopsis. It's also a love story. It's also a love story. (laughs) It's
1: about
2: a man and a woman who find each other. And she wants to kill him, but she can't because she really loves him.
1: Yeah, did you get that?
2: Okay. They were just going to have sex forever. And then she said,
1: yes. I'd prefer if she killed him. To be honest, oh, because he's an idiot. He's, he's an idiot. He's a fucking idiot and she's smart. There's no reason for her to like him. yeah um she can't she can't love him. Maybe she' just like, oh, I don't feel like killing him right now. I'll kill him later tonight. hopefully. hopefully. Or was it even her? Yes, yeah, right. Because I read about this movie and it's like, and it's a cliffhanger. You never quite know if it's her or if it's someone else. It's fucking her. It's her. If you end on the ice pick under the bed where she was just—it's re- her. Uh, maybe like it's in, a symbolism. Well, but but in any kind of symbolism, that means it's her. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Symbolism. Of- I feel like there's no room for anything else. But even um, even Verhoeven says like. Yes, I did not want to commit to her being the killer or whatever. You know, some say it's the other one. No, it's her. It's obviously her. Mm-hmm. Because even the other chick, the, the cop shrink. Jean Triplehorn. Jean Triplehorn. <sighs> she's very pretty. She is extremely pretty. She's amazing in this, by the she way. She's great. Potentially MVP material. Um, She's great. She plays the
2: sort of slightly vulnerable, a little bit.
1: <laughs> and she makes that work when you think she's the killer. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like,
2: she's the killer, isn't she? I picked it early, didn't oh, I? Oh, really? Sure, I sure.
1: didn't. So I never, I didn't pick that up. I didn't Carol get that inkling at early. all. She was wrong. Well, that's
2: in, right, Carol, You were wrong.
1: In in my rewatch, my, some of my main things were other. I we've, I think we've covered well enough how gross Mark well. Douglas is in this. Um, I've got a few points on that. To just say so. So gross. But um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: how many times have you written greasy? <laughs> yeah, a lot. What about his bathroom scene after the when when the girlfriend is there? And
1: he's like. Man to man, that yeah, that's yeah. That's not great. Um, but he struts.
2: He, he struts. loves it. I reckon he. Like, he added that scene. I think we need an, I think we need a mood scene of me. <laughs> I, can't his, I can't do his voice. But yeah. Oh man, it's gross, and he's got like no hair. It's yeah, like, it's all plucked. Yeah, is it plucked or he's I just sh- got no hair? There's no hair anywhere. He's like a dolphin. Except for his head. <laughs>
1: Except for his head, yeah. He's got, he
2: does have a great head of hair though. He
1: does, he does. It's outstanding. He's already 48 years old in this. He's
2: 48 in this. Yeah. How old is she?
1: 34 or something. 34,
2: which sounds like a lot, 14 years. But then you overlay it with his actual wife. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and Sharon Stone's way too old for him. Correct. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's a good There's point. There's a 25-year difference between Far. him and Catherine. Yeah, good point. But but I will say cuz this is the kind of movie where it's like I heard they really had sex and I heard, you know, watching it I'm like nah, nah, not at all. Like the angles of movement and things like that's not that's not sex.
2: It actually looks weird. Yeah. The sex something, scene, I don't know if there's something cut weird it.
1: about the the way she's moving, that is not sex. <laughs> that's not... That's, and
2: same when he's on... When yeah. They're doing a bit of missionary. And maybe that's just what you like, do.
1: If, if you're doing a sex scene butt naked, maybe you have to move that way to avoid actually having sex. It's the
2: plane he was on.
1: Yeah, it it, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's like he was sliding. Exactly. Exactly. The, the plane... There's something that's not right. no smashing going But right. actually, because... Maybe because Verhoeven was being so like, everyone must be naked and all this stuff, that... To make sure that things weren't going in any way they shouldn't be, they, maybe they had to do that. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah.
2: Did you think of that before? Right now?
1: Well, I thought it was weird. Yeah, I actually <laughs>
2: didn't. I, like, I think I thought at the
1: time it's a bit weird. But um, can I go a little bit further on Michael Douglas?
2: <laughs> go as far as you want.
1: All right. Well, I kind of I've covered most of this. So I'm going through my notes here, and it's like he's gross. His voice is gross. What? Okay. He's not as sexy as he thinks he is, right? Am I crazy? Uh, Female friends of the show. Is Michael Douglas sexy? He can't be sexy. I mean. He's like a reptile. It's funny you say that because. No, he's more like an amphibian. He seems greasy. (laughs) It is interesting you
2: use that, obviously, because his most famous character is. Gecko. Gecko.
1: I was wondering if that was just a weird subconscious thing before. Yeah. He's interesting, right? Because,
2: yeah, so he obviously likes the younger girl. Yeah. He was. He was married to a, a when he was thirty two. He married a nineteen year old. But to be fair, like he stayed married with her for like twenty years, I and th- then he's been with Catherine Zeta Jones for twenty years. That's as a- well. okay. So th- this is the thing. It's not like he's.
1: This is the thing. When I look at his filmography and when I look at some of these performances like this, and I'm like, what a creep. But in real life, he seems like quite a legend. I reckon he would be. Yeah, because he brought us one full over the cuckoo's nest as well. Don't forget. Yeah, that was his like. They boo or like he Like he produced it. Kirk his dad bought the rights apparently. He said go do something. I I think with I think with initially with the intention of him playing Jack Nicholson's role in some capacity, like whether it's he wanted to do something with it. Mm. And then he got too old or whatever and he sold it to his son. Well he got too old to play that character. He sold it to his son and, yeah, that movie got made and that's a fucking great movie. That's
2: one of my favourite movies of all time. And
1: he's one of those guys that doesn't seem – that persona that he has in this movie and in, like, a lot of movies <laughs> doesn't seem to be what he's like in real life. But I did – in saying that, I did feel validated. I found um, there's this critic, Rob Edelman, <laughs> who basically it says in a much more intelligent way what I'm saying. Uh, he points out the similarities in many of, many of his roles – uh-huh. saying he personified the contemporary Caucasian middle-upper-class American male who finds himself the brunt of female anger because of real or imagined sexual slights. Yeah, right. He plays in every man who must contend with and be victimized by these women and their raging psychotic sexuality. It's
2: kind of bullshit. <laughs> what is Like, because that's right. Yeah. But it's like, how, like Fatal Attraction. Yeah. You make it like she's this, like, man, you...
1: This is the thing, and disclosure as well. He cheats on his you're wife. Cheating.
2: You're cheating here, and then she turns out to be a psycho because you're not,
1: she doesn't. Like. Exactly. So, yeah, Fatal Attraction, this movie, War of the Roses, Falling Down apparently is somewhere in there. Disclosure. He's, well, Falling Down, I can't fault because, you know, it's my spirit movie. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Um, <laughs> but disclosure, it's like, what are you, you're not a victim here. And that's kind of interesting thinking about modern like in 2019 and close to 2020 of how like, you know, the white man, <laughs> you know, men have it so hard these days yeah, kind of thing. He's, it's he's it's almost like he's almost that spirit animal in a way. I can't even cheat on my wife and get away with it. <laughs> what an idiot. But it's pretty funny. I, he, there must be – I was joking but before. He's I pretty I bad
2: I at picking the chick to cheat with though. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Come on. If you're going to cheat, so, just, don't pick up. She's
1: a murder suspect, huh? Don't cheat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, man.
2: yeah. It's interesting. He's got a. He's certainly got a niche. Yeah. So it's and that, and Ant Man.
1: And so and not to make light of this, um, but I will maybe what's less than light. I will apply a little spark to this. Mm. <laughs> Poor guy. He did get throat cancer, but he said he got it this from
2: his life imitating art.
1: <laughs> right. He said he got it from Cunilingus. Yeah. Live by the sword, die by the sword. <laughs>
2: Like it's pretty awesome, and I hope and that's pretty it, hilarious. I hope you're, you're well, Michael. I think he's
1: fine now. I think he's yeah. But um, it was it
2: was tongue cancer or something. Oh yeah, actually, it was tongue cancer. But yeah. he called it through. I don't know. But yeah,
1: it turned out to be tongue cancer. I'm eating too much parsley. That's what he says. <laughs> it's a carcinogen. <laughs> Fucking legend. Sorry, but that's amazing. Uh and from his his wife. So that's that's you know With Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. So again, to your point. These characters he's playing, he's making horrible decisions out of wedlock. Yet in real life, he's been married long term twice. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we we can't. And we he's can't.
2: given us some outstanding performances and films. So. Yeah, and
1: he looks like a lizard. Um,
2: he is an intriguing character. I would say he's a friend of the show. False.
1: Show. Oh, and apparently he did his own stunt driving. I couldn't. Re- I don't know if I believe that source on that one, but apparently he used to race cars or whatever. Did his own stunt driving. I'd say he's had a pretty, he, he would have had a pretty good life. He would have had a, quite a privileged like upbringing. His dad. is Spartacus. And he's still going. It's 102 or something. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I keep expecting. Any day. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, there are some controversies with this movie, aren't there?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, let's talk about
1: it. Yeah. So the controversies we're referring to are the, is the. Representation of the LGBT community—it was highly controversial at the time, was having. It?
2: A, oh, you mean yeah?
1: Uh, well, in, within that community, because um, obviously, you know, this was a long time ago, and while representation is better now, still so has a long way to go. But representation was very poor then, especially in the US, of lesbian relationships, bisexual, etc., and and having a lesbian character in there or a bisexual character in there, and having them characterized as evil, murderous, psychopathic. Mm. When, you know, when that's the only exposure you get on are screen. Are talking about
2: Roxy or are we talking about...
1: Uh, both. 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 Well, that's the other part too is the part that really didn't sit well with the community was, so, okay, so there's one lesbian, she gets killed and the bisexual ends up with a man and always right in the world kind of thing. That's pretty... Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. And And, yeah, and then... The bisexual is, you know, a deviant that is murderous and yada yada yada. And while you can justify why that might be okay, because well, it's not because she's a lesbian or that kind of thing, but when that's your only representation on screen, like that's a bit of a shitty mm-hmm. feeling. But yeah, so there were huge because apparently the script leaked and there poor were these Roxy. poor Roxy. Uh, yeah, actually, good point. I just glossed over that. You're right. Poor Roxy. Yeah, she dead. She dead. And she was just trying to protect her lover. I don't know why she decided to go on that like, car. I think she was spree. Jealous? Yeah.
2: Yes, it's not. Yes, she's not a fair, good representation. She's
1: not. And so apparently the script leaked, and it triggered a lot of protests within the LGBT community. But like huge protests. So there was being shot in San Francisco, of all places, uh-huh. and in the uh, in the Bay Area. Was it? I assume. Does that mean San Francisco? I don't know what that means. Oh, I yeah. Think it- <laughs> I just assume it's all the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, down in the Bay Area down there. Yeah. Um, all up yeah, in the did Bay. Did you go to
2: San Francisco much in your?
1: No. Have you been there? No.
2: Have I? I don't think so. I went there for one day. Ah, how was that? I, it was enjoyable. We ate, we ate. Shout out to our San Francisco listeners. We ate a chowder. We rode the, the trammy thing and we walked down that bit that everyone walks down. Did
1: there. you go to the Full House house? No. Everywhere a... you look. Our, Wait, our that... Uber driver
2: was playing Tame Impala. Hey, there you go. And I was like, "Oh, Aussie band." He's like, "I
1: don't
2: know." He's like, "That is like, a good band, mate. Relax, <laughs> like,
1: okay." But they're Australia. That's such an Aussie thing, isn't it? Any, yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, huh? No, yeah. no one cares. Yeah, he wasn't really into it.
2: Yeah. Um, you want? You want to hear more about my trip to San Fran? No. You get over it. <laughs>
1: okay. I don't know. Did you um, fall into a bisexual love triangle? I bought weed from ah, a store. That's close. Anyway. This was hugely controversial. The protests were huge. They the studio ended up somehow getting a restraining order of like whatever the fuck sixty meters. They had to stay away. But it, you know it still is very very disruptive, and rightly so I suppose. Like this is you know this is you're you're on the big screen very rarely, and you're being portrayed as you know the evil evil doer. Oh, yeah. But Verhoeven's version of it, which I think. It raises an interesting debate and one I think I've internally struggled with to be honest is, you know, he plays – I mean I'll play the clip because I feel like I tend to believe where he's coming from. So I feel like there's no malicious intent in this movie. Mm. But I feel like the question is does that even matter?
2: It, I think he, it does. I think intent I think matters it's a, a lot.
1: factor but, yeah, well, I'll play the clip and then let's talk about that because it's, it it's interesting.
4: They wanted me to change the characters completely. They wanted to give to to change the parts. That basically uh, that the man should be the killer and the woman should be the detective.
0: And then when we started to present these things, they challenged almost every one of our points.
4: I had said in the meeting, the issue is basically that being gay is not an issue. The movie is, is pro-gay from the very beginning because being gay is an accepted fact. It's like biological. It's there and who cares, you know? Making it to a non-issue is the ultimate sign of being adult about it. It is not an issue. It's a, a part of life. So his whole thing on it is like... It's just there.
1: I'm just, It's just there. I'm from Holland. We don't care about these things. It's not a thing. I feel like he's genuine in that. But he's not in Holland, right? Yeah. And so you can be so not prejudiced about it that you don't even make that connection that you're making the killer that, you know. But does that even matter if you're part of that community in that country and that's mm. the only time you see anyone like you on screen is that they're mm. a psycho? But I don't know the answer. But I think it's an interesting... It is interesting. The angle.
2: I know when I see redheads.
1: <laughs> we talked about this because often yeah. they're the jerk. <laughs> yeah.
2: That got me thinking.
1: Did it? Not much. <laughs> because I thought about it also after I was editing it. I'm like, actually, I can only think of two.
2: <laughs> I can think of a few. <laughs> is there a few There's more? that guy. Which one? He's in, I think he's in Starship Troopers. Oh. And he's in that Tom Katz movie with
1: Jerry Oh, uh, Gary Busey's son. Gary Busey's son. Yeah. Is he a redhead? Not really. Okay. Or oh, maybe. Strawberry blonde. <laughs> Biff? Biff Tannen? Is he redhead too? Ish. Is he redhead? He's got the personality of redhead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: see, you like, no, just, I'm just pointing out that
2: redheads are fuckwits.
1: See, so you. Uh, yeah, I'm part of the problem. You're part of the no, problem. I'm joking. I'm joking. But it reminded me, so I, I do right, genuinely. You remind me of Michael Douglas. <laughs> I do think this is a fascinating topic, and I realize as this this kind of topic is kind of where we we're not going to solve this We're two thirty <laughs> something white men. We're not here to solve this, but it is interesting, and from the perspective of a a white person who has white privilege and whatnot, and who who wants to do the right things and think the right things along all of these lines, it reminded me of an episode of South Park that I watched as a child, which is deeply imprinted on my brain. Did you ever see that episode about the south Park flag uh, wasn't it Yes, so there were five people on the flag, and it looks like they're lynching or something well, they are basically lynching a black guy, yeah, um and it turns out well, actually, oh kid made it or something well know. there's the whole episode is debating whether that's okay. like his it's a sorry cool it's whatever, but the point of the episode was. Um, The kids were so not racist. The the kids didn't get what the controversy was. It's like, they're so not racist that they didn't even make the connection that the one guy that's been hanged
3: is a different color to the rest. Good link. This is
1: the clip that explains
3: it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just missed the point entirely. Huh? I'm not mad because the flag shows somebody getting killed. It's because it's racist. Racist? Children, don't you even know what this argument is about? That flag is racist because a black man is being hung by white people. Oh! Oh! We didn't really see it that way. But that's a black man up there. Yeah, but the color of someone's skin doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters when... Oh, my God. Wait a minute. You children didn't even see the flag as a black man being hanged by white people, did you? No. Why, that is... That is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. What? What? Don't you see? All this time, I thought these little crackers had turned racist, when actually, they were so not racist that they didn't even make a separation of black and white to begin with. All they saw when they looked at that flag was five people. Aww. Aww. Yeah. I'm sorry, children. I was wrong about you. But I still think the flag needs to be changed.
1: Anyway, so that's it's interesting, right? And as a kid, when I saw that, again as a you know white kid living in Australia you're like oh yeah that makes sense mm. but then I think as I got older like that shit makes sense it's in an ideal scenario sure in an ideal scenario you can have a a, a lesbian character be bad but if that's the only <laughs> Lesbian character ever in a movie, and she's bad. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, you can be right in principle, or or you can rationalize why that's okay. I get kind of sides. Yeah, I get both sides. And the funny thing I'm is, it's it on that, the fence. In over that same episode that <laughs> they do that, it's like the man in the street interviews on the news, and it's like, well, on the one hand, I can see that it's kind of racist, but it is history, and that's <laughs> like well, I can see that it's history, but it's also racist. Yeah. It's basically that, and its I guess that's also what I'm saying. But I think it's like a lot of people these days are like, well, why don't we have International Men's Day or whatever? And I was like, but it's, that's not <laughs> – there's no – we're not living in a scenario where all things are equal. If all things are equal, yeah, like that should be that way, but they're not. And people can get upset by being portrayed on screen a certain way when that's the only portrayal they get. Like, like us redheads. Like like the redheads, you know, but also more important things too. like. <laughs> Like actual humans. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's probably as deep as we're getting in this episode. But I just thought that was interesting. It, it reminded me of that episode, the way, he, the way Verhoeven talks about how non prejudiced he is that he didn't even notice it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. And then you wonder if that's – is that enough? Anyway – can we talk about the nightclub scene? The worst dancing ever caught on film. What is doing? <laughs> my God, man! <laughs> I had that as what's aged the worst. Essentially, like that is the—is it one of those scenes where they don't put music in the show. Like when they're shooting it, there's no music, so people are doing these weird they're thrashing. They're th- we can't see us. Did We're you see the guy on the podium? <laughs> oh my! It is goodness. horrible. No one ever danced like that. surely. I don't think so. It's horrible. Like you take and that whole scene the, out of the movie. she's dancing? They're doing this – what is that thing? Oh, it's so can weird.
2: We, can we get some of those clips up on the Absolutely. MC?
1: Yeah, it's it probably looked, one of the only, only – only clip that we're talking about that we can use. True. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, my God. It's outrageous. It's horrible. horrible. But his his style was uh, arguably – Yes, so this is where I will – I'll say when he walked into that club, I was like, "All right, Michael Douglas, you done all right." He he looks pretty sharp. He's got like he cleaned up pretty well. He's got like you. He could look like that right now. Yeah, yeah. That's a. It's a clean, clean. He had a
2: deep V, and then he rocks the bomber jacket on the beach, which is obviously a a wardrobe
1: staple. Yeah, bomber jacket is. Great, yeah, it was a good one, and too. yeah, that V neck was a good look. It is, yeah, that bomber jacket you could wear today. And it was is. almost weird to see him wearing that, almost like he's somehow got in fashion from today. But of course, yeah, it's it was from a back bit of a then. Trip. Um, but it was a good look, man. It's a yeah. good
2: look. But what about the drinking Jack Daniels on ice? Is that a thing? And Jack Daniels,
1: yeah, that's not a. It's Jack Daniels. <laughs> Um, give me that Johnny Walker Red. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's not the one you have on ice. I
2: wouldn't have thought so, but you know. And is he? I do they pay for that?
1: I do think there's like. don't
2: know anything? If you know anything about product placement costs, I don't. I've never. We obviously both work in advertising. Well, there's Pizza Hut
1: in there too. When he, that guy brings up, they're having pizza and Jack Daniels that night. Apparently, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Hey, can we talk about Sharon Stone, though? Because we don't get to talk about female characters very often in this podcast due to the era in which we cover. Sharon. How good is she? Sharon. She's great. She is great. She's so cool. She's a very cool chick. Very cool. Very, very cool. And she's got a great voice. I, she Something feels familiar, in yeah. a good, like in a good way. Yeah, like maybe because a, we grew up with
4: her. <laughs> I feel like I
1: know her <laughs> she intimately. She's No, <laughs> know, but she's really cool. And her performance in this is fucking Great. I think she'd be a fun friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. like to be friends with her. Actually, yeah, Sharon. when you put it like that, I feel like there's something there that's like, familiar, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, some like, familiar. Yeah, I watched a ton of interviews with her as well. None of them are that relevant for the podcast. I'll throw them up on um, Insty, But she's just great value, good banter, good egg. But in terms of this movie, she's fucking great. And as you were saying before, I love that she's the smart one. This, Especially, you know, we're covering movies from this era, 1992, there's not a lot of smart women in movies I mean, being portrayed as smart women in movies, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's smart. She, he looks like a fucking idiot. He looks like an absolute fucking idiot.
2: See, this is where I was – because Carol wasn't too stoked with the portrayal of women in this. She was like, oh, she's, she's objectified, blah, 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 blah.
1: But, but, kind of like, but she's, she's, kind she's of the, using that. Yeah, I'm like, can
2: she not use her sexuality?
1: Like, you so? can be sexy and smart is a good thing, I think. I don't know. Is that oh, a good thing? I think it's a good thing.
2: I like her house. Great house. That's Monterey.
1: Is it? Yeah, it's
2: not – in the movie, it's not meant to be Monterey, but I recognize that we went to Monterey last year. I was like, that's Monterey. No, not Monterey. Uh, yeah, well, that area. Um, oh. What's the nice – Carmel by the sea. I have Carmel. no idea. It's a beautiful spot.
1: Right. Oh, But, you know, the uh, we have to talk about the scene, I guess, right, the interrogation scene, the, leg, yeah. the crossing of the legs. There's an interesting story behind that. So that, that was one thing that wasn't in the script – And that guy that wrote the script, you know, is a bit of a douchey guy. He's like, I take so much pride in what I write. And the most famous thing from any movie I've ever written is something I didn't write, (laughs) which is the leg crossing scene. Yeah. And the inspiration for that came from Verhoeven's real life.
4: I felt that something else was suggested by the fact that she was nude. It was acknowledged in the script, it was not written into the script, that scene.
0: It's nice.
4: So I thought about something that happened to me when I was a student in Leiden at university. We had a woman in our circles that was not a student, she was the wife of a journalist. So she was a bit more in artistic circles. And she always would come to parties and then she would do these things she wouldn't have any underwear. And my friend said, do you see that? And she said, "Jesus, is horrible. She should know that, you know, because everybody can see it. So he walks up to her and he says, do you know basically that when you cross your legs, you can see right really inside. And she said, yeah, of course I know. That's the reason I do it. Are you an idiot?
1: So he thought that could be a nice little touch to the movie. However, yeah. once again, enter controversy, the failure on his part, in this area, was he did not communicate that to Sherrod Stone. Yeah, significant omission yeah. significant of Like, again, intel. again, like the way he talks about it is, I didn't even think that that was a thing because you know, I'm from Holland and vaginas is it's such a, it's nothing. And so <laughs> you can kind of, again, benefit of the doubt maybe. <sighs>
2: we need more reasons for that. <laughs> this
1: is great. Let's say he believes that. And that's okay. Benefit of the doubt, he didn't think that much of it. It's still pretty fucked up, man. So she knew, she obviously knew she wasn't wearing undies, but she didn't know that that was necessarily going to be seen. And she didn't know until it was screened with strangers. She talked, she, uh, she, let's let her speak for herself on this one.
0: And I knew that we were going to do this leg crossing thing. And I knew that we were going to allude to the concept that I was nude. But I did not think that you would see my vagina in the scene. No, because this is an R-rated film that we're going to see in Blockbuster. No one would imagine that you're going to see that in a big studio film in the world. It's inconceivable. So, no, obviously, it was not something that in feature films in this day and time in the world we could ever imagine would actually occur and be seen. But when we're doing the film, Paul told me that you could see the reflection of my underwear in the film and you knew that I had underwear. So we would have to take out the underwear so that it would create a shadow because that the white was bouncing back light. And then later when I saw it in the screening, I was shocked, stunned and mind blown. And I think primarily because he didn't say to me look, this is what I've got. I want to go with it. Let me show it to you. I think if I had had my own time to come to terms with it, I probably would have come to terms. But I think seeing it in a room full of strangers was so disrespectful Mm. and so shocking that
2: I didn't know what
0: to do. So I went into the booth and slapped him.
2: Get on your show and left yeah.
0: And was not comfortable with the film. Um, but.
2: She's a baller. Yeah.
0: I agree that it's good for the scene, but I don't agree with
1: the way he proposed it to me. And yeah, that's the main point, right? That's the so point. She's like, I probably would have agreed with she's that. Like, I get it. Just fucking tell you me. Know, seeing my vagin. And his defense, well, A, he says he did tell her, but B, his whole demeanor is, you know, ah, oh, uh, but if we don't even, she's, ah. Uh! Um, but she's a baller, and apologies, the sound quality is a little weird on that interview, but hopefully it, you get the idea. Yeah, so that's pretty shitty, man. Just fucking tell her, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> so you-
2: Paul's movie, so he had a couple of crackers. Fuck yeah, he did. Robocop, like particularly yeah. that trilogy. Uh, and Starship Troopers as well. Good. Yeah. It was great. Um, where, and then obviously Showgirls was in there somewhere.
1: Showgirls was immediately after this. Yeah, that tanked. That tanked. I've that, heard there's people are starting to warm to it now. I don't know if.
2: That's not going to do much for Elizabeth Berkeley.
1: No, exactly. Yeah. She,
2: effectively, there was a similar setup, right? Yeah. She was, she rolled the dice on that. Yeah. She was an up and comer, probably more so than. Th-
1: nothing, that's exactly right. Like the roll of the dice cannot be re- better represented than between these two movies. Like, but look at the, the flipping of a coin. Of yeah.
2: Sharon Stone. Yeah. And Elizabeth Berkeley. Exactly. It's pretty sad.
1: It is sad. Um, but I haven't, I've, I mean, similar story to watching that as a teenager. I haven't really watched it as an adult. I've heard it. I I think it was one bit, of those ones. Some people you love You that it. list you were talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah, it is one of those Showgirls ones. Showgirls was definitely <laughs> one of those ones. Uh, yeah. I think
2: Elizabeth Berkeley's awesome. Yeah. I just remember it's a Versace. What's that? And she, she buys this dress from Versace. Uh. It's, it's actually like a, I don't know. I'm going to, re- I'm actually keen to rewatch that. Again,
1: like, so this is the thing. Rewatching this and then reading all about Paul Verhoeven again, I do think he's one of my favorites. <laughs> Interesting, he's fascinating. And now go, I want to go watch them all. And he hasn't made so his last US movie was Starship Troopers. No, Hollow Man. And then he's been in Europe ever since because nothing, no opportunities in the US uh, interest him right now. Because you know that's too, you know they're not brave enough or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. But now I just want to watch all his movies again, all of them. Yeah, I'd be keen like, to and watch even, his yeah, like even, ones. even. Even the ones with subtitles, Greg. Now that's uh, wow. <laughs> Even the SBS Wednesday night specials. <laughs> but, yeah, because he's made French films since then, um, L, which is – but they're all controversial. So I'm not going to say they're all supposed to be good. I don't know if they're good. They're all polarizing and controversial. Yeah, but, but I, they're
2: not like Von Trier, like
1: no shock. But like I always say, man, I'd, I'd rather have someone take a swing and a miss than just do middle-of-the-road movies. So I reckon watching a Verhoeven movie – it's always going to be interesting. I'll have a crack. It he's, may he's 81 now, so uh, maybe.
2: Uh, so there's one in post prod at the moment called Benedetta, mm. French biological drama. You know,
1: biographical. The... Sorry,
3: <laughs> I'm like what's a biological?
1: <laughs> biological thriller. Use your eyes, Greg. <laughs> well, I mean, the greatest tragedy of his career. It's got a boob on the cover, so you know. You it. have to. The a good life start.
2: of a lesbian nun in Renaissance Italy. There you go. Let's see how his treatment has evolved. How are you
1: going to be a lesbian nun? Ain't you supposed to be married to Jesus? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, the greatest tragedy of his career was the film that was supposed to come after this. Sliver? Uh, no. A film called Crusade All right. that was written, it was in post, no, it was in pre-production starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, <gasps> Robert Duvall, Jennifer Connelly, John Totoro. What? Christopher McDonald. It was called Crusade, a mix of Spartacus and Conan. It was supposed to come out in like the mid-90s. It was in it was in pre-production in 93, so it would have been the next movie after after this. Uh, Arnie talked about it recently. He says it was all written, ready to go, but Paul started going crazy. We had the final meeting with the studio and we were all sitting in the boardroom table. I'm not doing an Arnie impression for it's too long. Um, they they said, so the budget's 100 million. There's, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Can you guarantee mm-hmm. that it's not going to go over 100 million? It can't go up to 130. And heaven's like, what do you mean guarantees? There's no such thing as guarantees. You know, what if I. This I is can film. This is film. Just, like, no one can promise anything. He went into a whole existential argument about the guarantees. Yeah. <laughs> you could walk out of the building get hit by a truck. There's no guarantee. You know, blah, 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 blah. He went on this huge rant. When you just say yes. This is ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Arnie says he kicked him under the table. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? shut the fuck up yeah, man um, yeah, I of course it's, a, it's 90 million what are you doing we do it for 100 it's fine they'll kick you under the table what are you doing for anyway studio pulls the funding <laughs> but this of course is Coralco Studios the same studio that made Basic Instinct the same studio that when they stopped funding that movie that crusade movie they decided to fund a little movie called Cutthroat Island which became the biggest flop maybe of all time at that point yeah, with Gina Davis and that other guy. And so everyone loses out of this scenario. We miss we miss that era, which could have been like, yeah. you know, what, what De Niro is to Scorsese, could Arnold have been to Verhoeven? Because I, rec- I mean, we're going to get more into Arnie mm-hmm. movies when we do the other ones. Honey, but I never knew it to be so kinky. I feel like that. I think it might be my favorite Arnold movie the more I think about it, Total Recall. And this one sounds pretty fucking great too. It taught me to love sci-fi. Yeah, and because it works on both levels, you can watch it as a cheesy action movie, but it's also smart. Mm. I think that's the main thing with these Verhoeven movies. Is I think we were attracted like Robocop. Exactly, we're attracted to these things as kids because we think it's one thing. Yeah, I think Starship Troopers represents the cross the crossover of being young and wanting to watch something fun, but then also being intelligent enough to pick up on some things. And you watch that expecting just pure popcorn, and you're like, wait. Was that really good? I don't know why that was really good, but that was really good. What about the shower scene in that? Yeah, because she wanted to show extreme equality of this, uh, this, this utopian fascism. That's what he said in an <laughs> in interview I watched last night. Oh, how good. <laughs> um, I want to exaggerate what it might be like. Anyway, so everyone loses. They don't make that movie, and that, that studio is now bankrupt and it's over. Should have made that fucking movie. Um, but doesn't hold up. Should we get into the verdict? Let's get into the verdict.
3: I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I uh, the law!
4: I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth! What are you waiting
3: for? Say what again! Say what again! I dare you! Nothing further, Your Honor.
2: that's all I had to
1: say about that. Uh, There are a few pros and cons in there. Mm. I would say ultimately, yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit over the top. It's not his best. It's not as. I was kind of hoping I would be like, oh, this is way better than I thought it would be. It was a pretty – it's pretty good. Yeah. Is right?
2: I I felt the um, the Hitchcock attempts a little bit – we didn't really talk about that. A little bit thinly veiled. Like it was a bit too – sorry, a little bit too in your face.
1: Yeah, yeah. We didn't really touch on that. It didn't have
2: the – it, it had the
1: oh, – I can't articulate this. It had sort of like, like, the, the like visual
2: cues of a Hitchcock.
1: Like go trying to do Tarantino. A, yeah,
2: it just sort of missed the mark a bit for Yeah, me. okay. Like, is, he, is she going to kill him there? No. Oh, no, she didn't. Was it now? No, yeah. no. She, I wasn't – I, I don't point. know. I wasn't quite there with it.
1: Yeah, we never talk about that. He's pretty into um, Hitchcock and this movie specifically. He was like he pretty much admits to lifting shots directly yeah. from vertigo and that kind yeah. of shit which I haven't seen, so I had no <laughs> commentary on that. But, yeah, that's a good point. It does feel a little – but maybe in the same way that all his stuff is so over the top and kind of obvious. I don't know. But, yeah, because I, cause I don't know the this genre as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. I didn't love it. Yeah. I was okay with it. It was fine. Like, yeah. And there's some of
1: those issues are real issues too that we talked about. Yeah. And because it's not like it passes the Bechdel test either, right? For, for something that does have a smart woman in it, I mean. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, I mean, yeah, watch it again because it's, it's interesting. But I don't know. It's the, I won't be watching it again for a long time, I wouldn't have thought.
1: No. And as I said before, the most outdated part was the club scene. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> a good lol. Did you ever do recasties?
2: I didn't. I didn't do recasties.
1: I have a couple. Good. But they don't go together. You'll see why they just don't work. If <laughs> you're like, ew, I don't want to see that. But for, for Trammell, um, Sharon Stone's character, Rihanna. Oh. <laughs> Man, because I just like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she's, got, she's got that vibe. Oh, when I went
2: quiet there, <laughs> I, sure I left the room.
1: <laughs> 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 and you'll see why these don't go together. But for Michael Douglas's Chris character, <laughs> no. Tom Cruise, you could see him being that guy. He's got a, And he's got that creep vibe too. But mm. alternatively, maybe DiCaprio because also DiCaprio and Rihanna nearly there was always will they, are they, are oh, they? Really? And apparently she wouldn't hook up with him because he wouldn't get abs. Um. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you, you do what she says. Uh, I would. <laughs> um, Hence why she'd be great in this movie. I like them. Yeah. I think, yeah, they're good. I don't think I'd want to see a remake of this though, but I do think we're probably overdue for a good erotic thriller.
2: Ah mate, I am fucking awesome. Someone all for should it. make something like What are the thrillers we get now? I don't know. They're-
1: I think we're we're back in this era of um what they air quotes call elevated horror, which is a bit yeah. of a lame term, but you know, these prestige horror movies. Yeah, like Mother. But- yeah, 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 and, like, Get Out and stuff. They're all good. I like them, but I feel like, yeah, let's bring back some of these. I want a good psychological thriller. Oh, psychological thriller. But erotic psychological thriller. What oh, about yeah. a neo-noir erotic thriller?
2: I would like a neo-noir, and <laughs> erotic. I don't feel we've said the word erotic enough in this episode.
1: You're right. Erotic.
2: Erotic cakes. Ooh, mm.
1: erotic cakes. I did say that several times in writing notes. <laughs> It's, it's a, probably a combination of doing this movie and also just getting Disney Plus to watch a goal of The Simpsons.
2: Yeah. God, God bless Disney Plus and Kate. its entire back catalogue of Simpsons. <laughs> MVP?
1: MVP, yeah. I would say Sharon Stone Yeah, with a close second for Triple Horn.
2: Lo- yeah, low-key VP would have to be Triple Horn.
1: Oh, we didn't talk about Tobolowski. Yeah. And there's actually five actors in this movie that are in Seinfeld. Really? Not just Newman. There's also... Kroger, the uh, is that his name? George's boss, and he's like, yeah, I'm going home. Yeah, that guy, yeah. <laughs> that guy.
2: He's the um, internal affairs guy.
1: And Tobolowski has been in Seinfeld, yeah. and there's two other little bit parts. But anyway, side yeah, note. Good. So because as we were watching it, I was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of low key VPs here for Greg. Jean Triplehorn. Yeah, fair enough. Is she? But she's probably yeah. She's I don't even great. know what, what else is she in. Waterworld. But ah. Oh. She's so pretty. She's so pretty in this. When they, her That's, first scene I was like, whoa.
2: Yeah, same. Actually, like, her face damn. was
1: made in a lab. Like it's, She's perfect. Yeah. Her face is perfect.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway. But she's, she. I thought she would nail that role, like the vulnerability and the
1: yeah. uh, cuckoo. And is she psycho? Yeah, exactly. Do so you believe that she could have maybe been that person?
2: I'm like, I reckon she has to be like that because she's too, no, nah, she's not like, she's great in this role. I think uh, yeah. she should have gotten a bit more um, critical acclaim. Yeah. Agree. We salute you, Gene.
1: We salute you. For sure, actually. Yes. Uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Hit uh, us up. Let us know. Yeah.
2: Thank you for the reviews. We got a bit of a uh, bit of love this week. We had a good uh, little
1: flurry of activity this week, which, which means was nice. a lot to us. Yeah. Keep uh, them coming if keep you're them if you're coming. enjoying the show and you haven't left a review yet, please do. Please it means do. it would mean Helps a lot this- to us. It helps more people find us. It helps us with our discoverability. Uh, And maybe one day we can get paid to do this. Maybe one day.
2: Um, Also, should we just remind people on a couple of things? Mm. First, Campaign 2000, JCVD, if you're listening, which you probably are. Yeah, we need you. Let us know. Let's just lock that time in. We're Um, obviously going to be talking soon. Let's just
1: get that date in. You know, you have your people call our people.
2: Um. And then other thing is we are heading into Christmas now.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going into a triple header of Christmas. Uh,
2: <laughs> that's pretty
1: exciting. So In the,
2: the weird country of Australia where Christmas is hot, <laughs> um, we will be bringing some Christmas cheer with a triple header of Christmas movies.
1: Yeah, so the three Mondays in the lead up to Christmas will be all Christmas <laughs> movies. Can we announce any of them? Yeah. Should we announce... Die Hard. Die Hard will be covered. Should we announce Home Alone? Home Alone. Should we announce The Santa Claus? The Santa Claus
2: with Tim Allen.
1: With Tim Allen. So we deliberately have chosen things that get more Christmassy as you go and lead up to Christmas. Now, um, there's probably other Christmas movies and there's going to be other Christmases,
2: guys. We will do them next year, Gosh. you whiny bitch.
1: Yeah, calm down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Drink an eggnog. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah, so, you know. well, That's the next three weeks, isn't it? I yeah. guess when this comes out. So, yeah, the next three weeks are yeah. Christmas babies. And then,
2: and then we're almost at 50. We're going to do a year in review. We'll so we're going to review. just yep. talk about the highlights and whatnot. Yep. I, I need to go home and put my children to bed. Yeah,
1: I need to not do that. You lucky bastard. (laughs) All right, see you, people. (laughs)